Hi, everyone. Welcome back to I Am Real. Today, we are joined by Brandy Cyrus. She's a dear friend of mine. She's a DJ, a content creator, and she has two podcasts. What I love about Brandy is she is so connected like to the earth and animals, and she actually moved out of L.A., a couple years ago to Nashville. She loves nature and she's very spiritual and she's very real. And that's why she's one of my closest friends. And we're so happy to have her today. You know, being in the industry that she's in and obviously being on, on the go all the time, 2020 was such a big transition for her. But she also has the cutest love story and shares why, you know, the relationship she is now really fills her cup and, and is able to make her be like her best self within the relationship. And how 2020 really brought some of the best things to her life, uh, as it did for me, actually, many of us, I feel and like. Many of us, exactly. So after the show, definitely check out Brandy. Um, you can find her at Brandy Cyrus on Instagram. Uh, how have you been? What's going on? I haven't seen I haven't seen Brandy since January of last year. I think so. Oh, uh, that's so crazy. Just because of COVID, like I haven't been in LA at all. I flew in for just like a few days in August when my grandmother passed, just for uh, just for long enough to go to her service and flew right back out. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it is crazy that we all survived 2020. It's just like. <laughs> It's been a roller coaster of a year. And I think just being able to see even people on Zoom is such a blessing. But I feel like it also brought a lot. Like her boyfriend moved into her house this year. Yeah, it's fast forwarded a lot of things things, that would have taken like years. I like that it it did that. It did fast forward. I feel like even personally, it fast forwarded my growth in a lot of ways and awareness and things like that. Do you feel that way? For sure. I think like a recurring theme this year for everyone, it seems, is taking the time to focus on like what's truly important in life, what's really the most important to like spend your time on and stuff like that. Because I think, you know, at least in our world, we're all such workaholics and we focus so much on our brand and building and working and uh, Mm -hmm. and constantly growing that, that I think sometimes we get a little caught up on at the end of the day, when life is over, what really matters most? Is it the work or is it the people in your life and your relationships and stuff like that? So I think it's been a big reality check. And for me, just to get to spend so much more time with my boyfriend now that he's here and you know my animals and just taking things a little slower and doing things that just bring happiness instead of responsibilities that I have to do or work yeah, that yeah. like, do, you know what I mean? I don't know. It's just been really good. Were you stressed out in the beginning when, like, we all found out that COVID would have affected us so much work-wise? Because you had a big year ahead of work-wise, right? You were supposed to, like, tour and all that. How did you deal with that? How did work change for you? I mean, I've not DJed at all since March. I know. So devastating. And for me, I think the part was, like, I, w- I was kind of set up to have this, like, epic year, like, thing, like, going on tour. I was tour with Sam Hunt. And to me, I was already, like, pinching myself that that was even happening. That was a huge deal. Like, what? I'm going on tour to DJ opening sets for somebody? And not just somebody, but Sam Hunt, who's massive, and a friend of mine. And, like, it was, like, really just a dream scenario. And it almost seemed too good to be true. And it kind of was because it didn't happen. And it's so devastating. Also, like going into 
2020 thinking like, oh my God, for the first time since I can remember, I, I'm going to make a good set amount of money. Like I know how much money I'm going to make this year going on this tour and doing yeah. this thing. And then obviously like with it all getting canceled, it was very scary for a while. And because I haven't been DJing, I've had to really like bust my butt to do other things. And thankfully I have a podcast. I actually have two now. Yeah. yeah. First one is your favorite thing with Wells, with what my friend Wells Adams and I host it. And we've done, done this for like three years now maybe even a little longer. And I'm just so thankful for that because if it wasn't for that podcast, I would have had no consistent income at all and nothing really to do. You know where to go, no events. Cause she, you used to DJ. So like we used to like go to like so many events. She DJ, yeah. we used to travel for brands and like for work. And it was such a big part of our jobs and our lives that you travel as much as I did, but I feel like it really defined us. That that was a huge change for me. But I, I appreciated staying home. Like I feel like I got to do different things that I wouldn't be able to do when I travel so much. So there's also like unlearning, you know, some things and learning new things, but definitely challenging in the beginning. What helped you kind of stay grounded? I think we all had that oh my God, 2020 was going to be my year. And then all these opportunities got like- A lot like, of people did have like exact, big things. They had, for, yeah. you know- AJ I, was, remember AJ was so stoked. Her um, DJ partner- yeah. Hype man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He was so stoked. And yeah. then we like- He yeah. like quit his day job to go he on tour. Did. Just a month before COVID. Yeah, a consistent job where he made great money and got health insurance and everything that he needed. And he quit to go on the tour. And then the tour didn't happen. And he was like in a bad spot. Like wow. that theme for everyone I feel like you know how, how did you like pick yourself back up I mean I feel like March and April were such a blur yeah. <laughs> of emotions and everyone has different tools that they use to kind of get themselves out of that <laughs> rut and be like okay this is what I can do what tools or, or methods or, or things did you lean into to get you out of that I think at first like for the for I would say like through March and April and maybe even some of May, um, you know I think I'm I'm very fortunate that I do live on a farm and I can go outside, yeah. ride my horses, and spend time with animals and and I did a lot of just that for the first few months and I think that that was really healing in a lot of sort of ways like getting to spend that much time out in nature and and with the animals filled me up and and like in a way that I really needed because I was a little bit depleted from working so much and so long for you know so so hard for so long yeah, but yeah. then. May rolls around and I was supposed to be on this tour starting like May 25th or something. And that, and it's like the big reality check sets in of like, okay, you can't just like go outside and play with your animals for the rest of the year. Like you got to, you know, you got to do something. And I'm somebody that like, I find it very hard to self-motivate. Like I, I'm not good at sitting and working from home and motivating myself to get things done throughout the day. I would just like rather go outside and like distract myself and go outside and go to bed. So I really had to, um, I don't know, like talk to some friends that were really like working hard and, and like I'm always so in awe of Marta because she's just oh, like okay. constantly on the grind. Oh, I know. When everyone is like, <laughs> I'm dead. When Brandy, you have no idea. What, it was like a random like day off. Was it president? What was I doing now? Was Labor me. Day or something? It was Labor Day. And she's like, why is no one working? I'm like, Marta, <laughs> like this day is meant for people to take Sorry. a day off. No, it's okay. <laughs> she is like the biggest hustler. But it's a great thing. But also like sometimes I feel like my life has no purpose outside of it's not true. I have great friends and I have great things in my life. But I, I should also I think this year actually did help me like, you know, yeah. take a bit of a break or like uh, slower my pace because there's not just work in life. There's so much more. 
but I, I freak out if I don't work. That's, that's yeah. the truth. I just like, I always have to have something to do. But. The grass is always greener, right? Like I wish yeah. I could be, you know, more driven like Marta and she wishes she could do whatever, like have things outside of work. But I think there's there a, there's a balance. And yeah. so for me to like, you know, see my friends and talk to my friends that are so good about creating goals and finding ways to like continue to work, seeing Marta like do photo shoots from home. Marta, you were like one of the first people that really took this so seriously. You were like, I'm not leaving the house. I'm not traveling. I'm not doing anything. Like I'm staying home. I but did. you continued to work and you continued to create. And that was really inspiring for me to see that. Oh, and I have a handful of other you. friends that were that were good about that as well. And so I think just saying, okay, look at what my friends are doing. What can I do from home to continue to like create yeah. and grow and, you know, and, and grow my brand that I've worked so hard to get to this point. Like I really, I can't let it die. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so one of the things I did, the podcast was so great for me. And the thing I love about a podcast, and I know you got your guys is new, so like you'll totally get this with time, but like you build this community with your listeners and it grows outside of the podcast and trickles into social media and where you guys talk on social media and and stuff like that. And it just becomes such a cool way to connect with people aside from just posting a photo a day on Instagram. And so I love, I was like, you know what? I love doing this podcast so much. It's lucrative. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's great for my brand. It's all these things. And so I was like, I'm going to start another one. You know, and I and I've been like joking with my mom for so long that we should do a podcast together. And I was like, I'm just gonna freaking do it. I'm just gonna force her to do it. And I did. I forced her to sit down and just record one episode with me and she loved it. And it was just it's one of those things like you can talk about something for so long, but eventually you just gotta pull the trigger and do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It seems so hard to start something, but if you just do it, do like, it, yeah. Then you break the ice and like, I no, remember totally. we talked about, she talked to us about wanting to have a podcast last year at your house and ha- at Halloween and, and we were like, yeah, you should totally do it. But she didn't know how she wanted it to be like, but I remember she was thinking, you guys were thinking about it. So it's, it's great that you finally did it. And has she- that brought you guys closer as well together? Absolutely. My mom and I do talk a lot, but it's the thing I love about the two podcasts I have is how casual they are. You know, it's not, yeah. You know, yeah. We don't follow uh, anything really. We just kind of like, yeah. I think honestly, podcasts, and I think list. I have another podcast as well. I've been doing for a while, and like you said, I think the authenticity and like listeners want to hear like they're jumping into a conversation with coffee with friends. They don't want to hear like a scripted. Oh, let's talk about this and this and that. It's just like they want to jump in and feel like they're there in the room with you. And I think those are the best things and best kind of episodes and shows has your mom is she like she's like all about it now and like oh yeah all about it we (laughs) had a couple of the listeners start a facebook group for everyone and my and like i'm so bad at facebook i have a hard time finding time in the day to like interact with everybody on facebook my mom loves facebook oh amazing (laughs) and she's in the stoners she's chatting with the She's helping them design their houses just like via photos they're posting on Facebook. Like she loves it so much. And that just like brings me back around to the point of like connect, like finding ways to connect with people. And I think now that everyone is at home and a lot of people are alone, I was alone until Reinhardt got here. So for months, it was just me in this house. And I think that podcasts and things like that are such a great way to like build a community and maintain connection because I think that's so important. And the people that aren't doing that, you know, are the ones probably struggling a lot more with Mm -hmm. like, you know, mental health stuff and feeling the depression and feeling so down and low and and all that. But if you continue to connect with people in any way that you can, even if it's on zoom, like we're doing, I think it's the best thing. Yeah. 
I love that too. I, I was FaceTiming everybody so much in the first few months of the pandemic. And I kind of like, I felt like I didn't have enough time in the day to like, you know, talk Continue to everybody. It was, I even, it made me talk to people even more because it, they were, they felt so much further away that uh, it was, yeah, it was really interesting actually. So you live in Nashville, obviously. I want to talk about <laughs> LA versus Nashville yeah, for a second. Yeah, she asked me about that. I'm like, she does not like LA. <laughs> Well, I have like a love-hate relationship with LA mm-hmm. and a lot of people are leaving LA now because they're like, there's no space for me to to go outside. I want a backyard. You know, if we can't do the things we used to do here, we might as well live somewhere where we have better quality of life. I had such a toxic first couple of years when I moved to LA and it's evened out a little bit, but I still have a little bit of a love-hate And I've always thought about Nashville, like how nice it would be to live or Austin on like bigger land and just have like a little bit of a slower pace of life, but still like a cool place to live. So what was your experience? I know you lived in LA like for quite some time. Why did you find LA so toxic or did you find it toxic and why did you decide it was time to move permanently to Nashville? Real quick before I go into it, how long have you been in LA? Um, Almost six years now. Where did you move from? Kansas. (laughs) Kansas. <laughs> wow. Okay. So big change. Yeah. So for me, I moved to LA when I was, I think I was 20 when I moved out there. So I was 20 as well. Okay. It's funny because I lived out there for almost six years. And when I was coming back to Nashville, all my friends were moving out to LA. Like it seemed like I did it really early and everyone else waited until their mid twenties to make that move out there. And I think being so young, it was so hard to make friends. You go from being in school, right? And all these extracurricular activities where it's just handed friends and it's just so easy to meet people. And then you get thrown into LA as a 20 year old and it's like, where do you meet anyone? Like, where do you, how do you make friends? You know? And it was really, really hard coming from somewhere like Nashville where I had such a massive friend group and such close friends. So for a long time, I really struggled with that. And then after a while, you know, I did start to make some friends. Marta was one of the first friends I made there. We've known each other for so long. And honestly, one of the the only friends I left with. Like I I left LA with a total of like three actual real friends. And Marta was one of those. And I think it's just so rare in LA to like make real friendships and make, make real connections. And that was really hard for me. I think another big thing is I'm such a nature person and, a, and somebody that wants to be outdoors and I ride horses and I had to drive an hour minimum every single day just to get to my horse and then an hour back and it was just so much time in the car and sitting in traffic and that in itself just drove me up the wall and I felt like I got to a point where I was literally like just living in the car. And I was like, oh God, I'm like wasting my life away. I could be like outside doing things or hanging out with people. And the other thing about LA that's tough for me is people kind of have this mentality of like, yeah, let's hang out. And then they never do. And it's like, oh, but right. West side. And that's like, what, like a 30 minute drive. But here, yeah. somebody have 30 minutes in a heartbeat to hang out with you. You know what I mean? And so I, I just, there was a lot of things that piled up on each other and Uh, I finally made the move back here because of a guy I was dating that lived here. And that was kind of my excuse to come back, you know? I didn't know that. Yeah. That relationship didn't last a whole lot longer, but I'm so glad that that was that it brought me back here because I'm so much happier here. And I I like LA. Like I love to visit and I'm again, super fortunate. I have my parents live there, so I have somewhere to stay. And, and my friends are like the friends I do have are there and I have people to hang out with. And usually I work when I'm there. So it's, you know, for a week or two, it's great and it's fun, but I just needed to have somewhere to call home that was slower and 
I just can't imagine ever going back and living in LA. And because it's a like plane flight, like a flight is nothing. Right. Yeah, it's so close. Yeah, that is true. You no, know, four hours sounds like a lot, but I mean, I was doing it's it nothing. one month, sometimes more for there for the first couple of years. To be able to have this that I have now, this place and and this land and these animals, I'll do the flight every other week if I have to. It doesn't it doesn't really affect me. I think 20 years ago, getting on a plane was crazy and expensive and it wasn't available to the average person. But these days, a flight's 50 bucks sometimes and it's just so much more accessible. I think you can live anywhere. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are are realizing that and they're leaving LA. This week, I talked to a couple of people. Two are moving to Nashville. Oh, that's cool. And another person's moving to Austin. And, you know, it took this year to realize, oh, I do want more land and to have yeah. more and they're like we can't have a, the dogs we want and like our dogs are cramped in our apartment and and we're about to have a baby and yeah the reason why it works for me is because i i live la my way i don't get caught up with the la bullshit type of, that would make me feel toxic too and i and there's a lot of those people but i just i think i have a really selected right. real group of friends and i just and i spend a lot of time at home and i don't really I don't know. I feel like I have my my safe, quiet, cool zone where I just hide and do my thing. But I I miss traveling. Remember when we used to travel? We went to Greece together a couple years ago, and it was so much fun. You just traveled, like, recently, right? That looked amazing. It was, um, you know, it's one of those things where, like, not everyone's traveling. Well, you know what? You know what I think is interesting? I think people are traveling, and they're just not talking about it. Yep. Mm. There there was a story that came out about, like, um, people are so scared to post that they're traveling, oh, yeah. like travel shaming. But they are traveling. Let me tell but you, they, yeah, are, they traveling. are traveling. They're just not telling people. I mean, not like they were, but they're. It's busy. Like people are traveling, and you. I mean, is you do it safely? Like you, yeah. the way, same way you have when you go to the grocery store, you wear a mask and a face shield or whatever your thing is that you do, and you go and you're safe about it, and you do the same thing when you travel. You know what I mean? And I honestly feel much safer on a plane where you're required to wear the mask and mm-hmm. all, and they're not serving drinks and food, so the, whatever, than going to the grocery store where I know it's a bit different in LA, but here in Nashville, like no one's wearing a mask anymore. Really? Really? Oh, wow. It's not mandated? No, no, it's not mandated anymore. Uh-huh. And even the places like the coffee shop I like to go to down the street has a sign that says, please wear your mask. And then I walk in and no one's wearing it. So it's been, you know, here, like we really don't go anywhere because of that. I feel much better about getting on a plane and flying. I went to Antigua and flying to a country where not only do you have to show a negative COVID test to even enter the country, Mm -hmm. but the total number of cases there, period, at all, ever was 130. Okay, well, it's 350,000 in the state of Tennessee alone. That's how many cases are in Tennessee. And there's 130 in Antigua. So like, I had a couple people, not travel shame me necessarily, but mm. kind of like send me messages like, oh, aren't you scared to travel or should you be doing that kind of thing? And I just responded back and told them the facts and said, well, here's the total number of cases here. Here's what it is at home. You know, I had a negative COVID test to show up. Like, I feel good about it. And knock on wood, I jinx myself here, but I haven't yeah. had and I play it safe. I mean, people travel for work and it's fine. You just have to be safe. And yeah, I, I went to Vail and... I mean, I'd gone to Colorado. Um, and yeah, like you said, I got tested before. I got tested after. And also, to your point, obviously make sure where you're going to isn't like a isn't a red zone. But I think if you do it safely while you're there, you're doing everything safely. 
and you're not being reckless. My Every person that I know that's gone to Tulum has gotten COVID. <laughs> I know that's not a safe place. Because they're, so they're not many. wearing masks. They're all at the beach clubs, like sardines. But yeah, being conscious of how you're traveling and doing it right. And yeah. You know, some airlines are still requiring the middle seat to be open and and things like that. So totally, totally agree with that. I want to hear about Reinhardt. Oh, he's so... You guys look... Honestly, me and Filippo go like, oh my God, Marta, we need a guy like that. I'm like... I know, I I creep. Marta's like... She has the most... Like the kindest soul, really. Like I met him briefly, but... He was just so kind and just, you don't find people like that here. And we talk about it all the time. No. Uh, so yeah. I tell everyone now, like, you got to, which you can't do right now, but well, when COVID's over, you got to leave the country to find the guy. Like, leave the country and bring it back. <laughs> Better bring him back. Because I'm did. just telling you, like, his mentality about everything is different than men here. Like, it's just yeah. different. Okay. So why, where is he from? He's from South Africa. How did you meet? We met, so I went there, I went there in November of 2018 with Miley because she was there working. She was filming a TV show for like, it was a long time. She was there for like two and a half months and Mm -hmm. it was over Thanksgiving and her birthday is the same week. So, um, we had made a deal that I would fly out and stay with her for a week and a half over the holidays and everything while she filmed. So I flew out there and my friend Val that Marta knows. She talked her dad into buying her a ticket as a Christmas gift so she could come with me because I didn't want to fly alone because it's far. And so Val and I flew over and we hung with my sister for about a week. And then Miley ended up wrapping her shoot early and wanted to go home. It was, it was a a whole thing, but it was when the fires were happening in California and her house, her life, you know, here was just a mess. So she wanted to come straight home. And I was like, of course go. And Val and I decided to stay and, you know, and do the full trip. So with Miley going home, we were like, well, what should we do? And I was like, well, we came all the way here. Like we have to go on a safari. So super last minute, we (laughs) contacted a place to see if they had availability. And it was pretty close to where we were staying, like just a quick flight. It was two nights only. We didn't have much time, but we just wanted to go. So we flew in and the place is called Gora Elephant Camp. We flew over there and rented a car and drove up and stayed two nights. And Reinhardt was our safari guide. This is like a lifetime movie. I love it. I saw the video where, the, yeah, she she showed me a video where she was like, she first met him and it, it, there was like chemistry right away. It was, it was really cool. Yeah. And it was funny because we had two other friends with us too. And all of us were just like jaw to the floor. This guy is so hot. Oh my God. What the heck? <laughs> of like going on safari. I don't know. I just thought of some like older dorky dude, you know, and like yeah. a pursuit, whatever. And like this smoking <laughs> hot guy my age walks up. I'm like, oh my God. So the whole time we were there, it was just this, you know, we were just shamelessly just making comments about how hot he was and giggling. Oh my God. <laughs> the whole trip. And the last morning before we left, I basically asked for his number and gave him mine and didn't think anything of it. I was like, I'll never see the guy again. What do I have to lose? Whatever. And we started texting and we texted every single day for like a month. And then started FaceTiming. And then after like a month of FaceTiming, I decided to go back. I was like, I just have to know. I was like, I can't keep talking to this guy every single day and investing so much emotion into it and not know if it's anything. So I was like, I'm just doing it. I'm going back. So I got on a flight in coach overnight, took a red eye in coach (laughs) and flew back there and stayed a week. And it was just completely magical. And by the end of the week, we were like, yeah, let's date. And here we are. That is so so magical. Can you guys make a movie out of that? My mom talked about it a lot. 
Oh, that's so well. There you go. You I, should. I literally was like, this would be such a cute movie. Safari love <laughs> or lo- love in the desert. Love in the. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like. <laughs> and she did long distance for a long time, right? That was. Yeah, every time I, I'd see her, she'd be FaceTiming him. And I'm like, wow, that's. You guys are so committed. It's it was that was inspiring to me. It's like like you say that I inspire you when I work all the time. That was like okay, I I see that it's something that you know maybe I should work on to or think about as well. But yeah, mm. yeah, it's yeah. I mean it's just one of those things where like I truly believe if you want to make something work with somebody, you can 100%. no matter the odds kind of thing. I mean he and I are still up against a lot of odds. He's here on a tourist visa. He can only stay so long. He can't work while he's here. We're we're really just biding our time until we figure out what the heck we're going to do because it really is it's against all odds trying to be together and the distance was so hard and I have friends that are like oh yeah I met a guy in like Colorado but like that's too long distance that's never going to work and I'm like what? don't talk to me about long distance like if you want to make something work you will make it work you know what I mean totally I love that I- I'm the same way about everything and I feel like yeah. yeah it's so simple if you like really focus on it and just commit to it you just need to get married now how about that mm, we'll see <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and he came over after quarantine yeah so well during kind of oh during i was actually in south africa visiting when all this covid stuff first hit the fan oh i was flying from cape town back over here i was because i was there visiting with my friend olivia and a couple other friends and we went on a different safari with rye and so it was like we were flying back and it was when people were starting to wear their masks and freaking out about getting trapped places and it was kind of perfect timing so I was there in March and then he was supposed to come here in May and stay for like a year. That was the plan. He was going to get a work, a sponsored work visa and come and stay here and like move in for the year. And then uh, obviously that didn't happen in May. I mean, not only were we on a strict quarantine, but South Africa was really locked down. His quarantine was so strict. He could not even walk outside to exercise. No way. Find or ticketed or whatever if you were caught outside for any reason except going to the doctor or the grocery store. So for months, he just sat at home and we were just every month, we would start calling airlines and start calling the embassy and trying to figure out if we could get him over here. And finally, 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 finally in September, we finally got him on a flight, but it was hard. We had to contact the government, the embassy there, a, tra- a special travel agent to get him on a flight. And he finally flew over. And then I think a month ago, maybe they opened up the borders. So Technically, we could go back and forth now, but yeah, it was hectic. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could technically fly home because I'm on a green card, but I'm still kind of like scared to do it because you just, I mean, it's safe. It's okay. But it's like that kind of stuff. You never know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Well, it's it's the risk of for any reason that you can't go back. Yeah. Yeah. Is he so happy to be with you and the animals? Loves it here. He really does. And for him to like... You know, he was just locked up at home for a month yeah, going right. crazy. So for him to be able to come over here and have the space to be outside and we have so many animals to take care of, like there's plenty to do. And yeah, so yeah he's super happy. And I, I love what you said that his mentality about everything is so different. Having the right partner makes such a big difference in your life. Yola also has a great boyfriend. Really I found him boyfriend. here, but he's from like the woods and grew up on all this land. He's not an LA boy. And I got really, really blessed and lucky. But I think I since I've been with him, because he's such like a positive and loving and his outlook on life is so different, I my life has been better and I've grown. But you were talking about earlier how your boyfriend's mentality is like different. How is it different? How is it 
brought so much positivity in, into your life. Yeah. Versus like other relationships. He is just so like, when I was talking earlier about like the, like focusing on the important things and like what's important in mm-hmm. life and that's relationships and building that. And, and he's just so spiritual and that's the, yeah. he spends his time on. He said before he met me and was texting me all the time, he would put his phone down and not pick it up for days. It's just not part of his life. The phone isn't the way it is for us. And he, and he definitely mm-hmm. notices here that people are constantly on their phones and just have their face in their phone and, and all that. And he's just so mind blown by that because it's, it's just, he's so not like that. He spends hours every single day here on the phone with his mom and sister on FaceTime, oh. continuing to build those relationships. And, and, and I don't know, like that stuff is just so important to him. And, and his like, also his like spirituality with nature and he's, he like is very big into like energy work and stuff like that. And is constantly spending meditation time working on himself. Just the things that he spends his time on and his energy on are, are just like, it's all right. He's got the right idea. And so for me, even though I feel like I'm a relatively centered person for the life I have and the, and the family I grew up in, I mean, I still catch myself with my face and my phone or worrying about stuff that's stupid that I shouldn't or spending time on things that I shouldn't. And he definitely brings a, a nice perspective to it and reminds me, like, hey, put the phone down, talk to the person in front of you or spend time, you know, go outside <sighs> yeah. with the animals and, and stuff like that. And so it definitely helps me keep an even better balance than, than I was used to. That's really cool. I know it, it makes such a big difference. And I wish I could, I tell like my little sister and like all the women in my life don't put up with bullshit and, and don't bullshit man, bullshit man. (laughs) Like if they're not giving you, like they're not grounding you, they're not, they're not also bringing an equal partnership into the relationship, but until you're in it, sometimes you don't know. I feel like we all go through like bad relationships, bad boys or girls or whatever until yeah. we line something. I think you have to, to an extent, yeah. appreciate the good one when you get it. Exactly. It's definitely frustrating, especially with me, with my two younger sisters. I'm like, just, <laughs> <laughs> I see it all. I, I know uh, it all. Just listen <laughs> you know to what I'm saying. I, I, I can relate to that. There's something so hot and undescribable about a bad boy. Let me fucking tell you. I don't know what the fuck it is. I'm Marta so Marta, my sister. <laughs> I'm, I'm, so, I'm older than y'all. I'm a lot older than her. And I'm still, <laughs> like, after... I mean, you know me. Whatever. Um, yeah. I'm trying. But there's something just so... I don't know. It just makes you like feel like you're burning and it's like, ah, but then it's bad and you cry. That's also part of the whole... It's like a, a little bit of an addiction, to be honest with you. For sure. It's a very addictive process. That you sometimes go through over and over and over, and um, and it and it yeah. yeah, and then everyone. I mean, I I think why I'm hard on my sister or like people I love, like Marta. Your sister's 23, so and she. Oh my god, well, I'm She's not a gonna put crazy. I'm not gonna throw <laughs> under the bus, but like I I see patterns that I wish someone had been like, okay, maybe don't do that, you know. And so I'm like, that's why I'm telling you, not because I'm trying to be your parent, because I went through it and I don't want you to go through the same hurt and pain and mistakes that I did. But, you know, you kind of have to learn for yourself, I think. I think so. As as tough as that is for us to... Yeah, see... You guys are way more ground... I am grounded when it comes to work (laughs) in my life, but I'll do like... I'll just make mistakes when it comes to dating. I feel like you guys are way more grounded than me, but... I mean, I'm not crazy. Like, a, I'll be fine, but I'm like, I don't know. I really it's, it's wasn't so... though until I met Reinhardt. Really? So like, I do think. I mean, yeah. I wasn't until I met Mark. 
Yeah, I guess, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. I think like everybody arrives at this in their own time. Yeah. yeah. Every it's everybody's journey is different. Like there's no, you can't put an age on what, when you should meet no. somebody. Yeah. And, like it's different for everyone. And I do think there's something to be said for meeting somebody later in life when you're really sure of who you are and what's important yeah. to you. And, you know, for me, that was, I was, what was I 31 when I met Rye? I mean, that's not, it's not super young. Like growing up, I thought I'd meet somebody and get married in my twenties. You know what I mean? It's just like what you're brought up to think. And so, and then like my mom has some friends that are her age that are just now getting married and are like in the best relationships you could ever imagine. So I really think like no time limit on it. Like everyone's journey is different. Everything. I truly believe that things happen in the right time, the way they should. Like timing is everything. I do too. It is. It is. Yeah. yeah, I love what you said. I think because I grew up in Kansas growing up, like everyone gets married like really young and they start a family in their 20s. And most of the people I grew up with are, you know, have families or are like are are divorced now. It's crazy. And I, I'm really thankful, like moving to a bigger city made me realize, oh my gosh, I can work on myself and I don't have to like being married at 25 or whatever. It oh, doesn't define me hot. I would to be married at, at 25. Yeah. I mean, in, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's hot if you're so in love. Yeah. But then you get a divorce in a year, which is also like, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like rock it's and roll. It's a hot rock and roll. Yeah. yeah rock but, and roll hot for you. Yeah. <laughs> Marta, I, Marta, has she told you her dream? Wedding outfit? Oh, no, I didn't. So I had this vision that I would get married on the beach with a Jacques Mousse. You know Jacques Mousse, right? The designer. I feel like, you, yeah, with a Jacques Mousse outfit, like an oversized uh, white blazer and a pearl bra and crazy long hair. And I don't have, my hair is not that long, so I don't know if it was a wig or whatnot. And he'd be like setting up the wet, like the, the whole staging, the whole wedding. He'd like, be like, like his fashion officiant. shows. With, yeah, I don't know. That yeah. is a <laughs> I want it to happen. Maybe it'll happen. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. it will. Maybe it will. Well, ma- manifest. Since you're into like energy and spirituality, yesterday it was the great mm. conjunction. Did you manifest and meditate? Best believe, Ryan and I sat outside with a telescope. Oh, uh, there you go. We sure did. It was like a little bit of a bummer because it was still really light here when the, when the planets like were coming together, and we were. Mm. Like, not quite dark enough, but through the telescope, you can see it. And so we sat outside and we literally watched it happen. We watched the planets align and then split off. And we sat outside for like about an hour afterwards, just like almost in silence, just kind of letting it all sink in. You know what I mean? Just like rise really big on just letting the energy like do its thing. You don't have to like put much thought into it. You don't have to sit there and like make it a whole thing. You just like let it happen to you. You know what I mean? I just got the chills. So, yeah. So, we definitely were into that. Like, he got – it's funny. He got a photo of it on his phone of the planets. And I'm online today, and a lot of photographers got a lot of better photos. But <laughs> – It was – You it got was, a good photo too, right? Yeah, but I didn't have a telescope. Because oh. I think if you if you had a telescope, you could actually see the rings. Yeah. The moon – four moons on Jupiter too. Was yeah. So- oh, wow. Um, you could see in the sky in LA, we went to the beach, my boyfriend and I, and we just laid a blanket down on the sand, just watched it from our eyes. But you could see the moons, they were like teeny, 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 tiny lights. And you could see like, kind of like a halo that mm. were the rings, but you couldn't, I saw pictures from telescopes and it's so it sick. Cool, like magical night too, because like that, this was happening, you know, in the Southwest and then you turn around and Mars is like up above. Yes, by the moon. Yeah. 
red. It's so bright and red right now. And then there's this other little constellation cluster that Rai's obsessed with. He calls it the Pallades is how he says it. But it's this little like bunch of stars that you can't always see. And the last time we saw it, we were actually in South Africa, which is crazy to think that it was down (laughs) down under the ground. When we saw it there and then to see it again here, it was right by Mars. It was so cool. It's such a cool night for like to look at the sky. That's so cool. Do you have the night sky app? He he has one called Star Walk. Okay, so maybe it's similar probably, yeah. Like, can you just hold yeah. it? Yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, similar, exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, I love that. Like Virgo is and Leo and like shows you what yeah. Zodiac is. Cool, really cool. Yeah. yeah. But last night was really – I like felt the energy. Like, I know it, some people might think it's hairy, fairy, or cheesy, but – no, it's not. I felt it. Well, so, some people don't some really people don't. want to be connected. Like exactly. That, yeah. We always ask this question to our to our guests, uh, and it is, when do you feel the most real? Hmm. This is going to sound kind of crazy, <laughs> but it's so relevant. Um, when, without giving too much backstory, Marta knows. I bought a new horse earlier this year. Her name's Star. And she's awesome, but she's a little nuts. And lately, I, I've fallen off of her twice in the back. <laughs> she's oh. just very spunky. And I, it's been like a decade before this since I've fallen off of a horse, something I do every day. And it's just, you know, I just don't fall off a lot anymore. And so let me tell you what, hitting the dirt when you're going 15 miles an hour, or 20 miles an hour on a horse, or however fast we're going it like you feel as real as you're ever going to freaking feel like sitting in the dirt, <laughs> like your arm hurts, your back hurts, whatever. And you're just kind of, it's like, I don't know, like you just feel so human in a moment like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the thing I love about horses is it's just you and them. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what clothes you're wearing. It doesn't matter any like anything nothing matters except for the energy between you and that horse in that moment you know what i mean and so it's just mm-hmm. things like that are such a good um like mirror of just like who you are and what you are and what matters and what doesn't and what's like going on right now in the moment in real time and so i don't know like i really it's easy to think of that as like a negative thing like oh, i fell off my horse today and like hurt my shoulder or whatever but I don't know, like it makes you feel very human and like just really sets in how small you are, but how big you are. And I don't know, like how much your energy matters. And, uh, you know, in a time like that, it really tests you of like, what are you going to do? Are you going to be angry? Are you going to take that out on the horse? Or are you going to take responsibility and say, I did something wrong. My energy was off. This was off and fix it. You know what I mean? And get back on and do it again. So I don't know, definitely been feeling some realness in those moments lately. I love that. That's beautiful. And it's a great metaphor too for just life in general. Whatever your horse is, if you fall, like you said, like do you figure out how you can do it better next time and you get back on or do you like a healthy challenge? Exactly. I love that.